0: Last time we were together I started a new series looking at the power that God gives to change the world which as you can imagine starts with changing ourselves and uh, the first talk in the series was called power to make a difference it's available on the podcast so if you missed it you can find it there it's on the website as well the power that God gives is very different to worldly power or authority The worldly way of using power is to promote ourselves, to become the top dog, to make our lives more comfortable, to get ahead, that kind of thing. But God's power was modelled perfectly by Jesus, who came to serve rather than to be served. The power of God is given to us primarily for the benefit of others. And so this morning's talk is called Gifts to Change the World. So as I said, we don't have time to look at all of Corinthians, but we're going, so we're jumping ahead to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to read you the, uh, the bits that we're looking at today, which starts uh, at verse 1 through to verse 11. Paul writes here, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. In our context, that would be things like cars and houses and all that kind of stuff. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another the interpretation of tongues all these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines so the first thing I want to do from the passage because it It starts there, is to introduce the gift giver, the Holy Spirit. And uh, if we could have the the first slide up there. I can't even remember what I put on. Oh yeah, just a a simple description. Uh, It talks here about the gifts that come from the Holy Spirit. He is one part, one expression, one person of the Trinity. One God not three gods, one God revealing himself to us in several different ways because we are not capable of understanding him in any other way. And so the Holy Spirit is just as much God as Jesus is or the Father and he loves to give gifts. He's a great person to know. And so at the beginning of this passage it says now about the gifts of the Spirit. And Paul, who wrote this letter to the church in Corinth, goes on to list what are often called the gifts of power or the gifts of the Spirit. But this isn't the only list of gifts that you'll find in the Bible. In fact, any gift that is good, whether it appears as a more natural gift or a spiritual gift, a supernatural gift, comes from God. We love to pray for physical healing, and I've seen... I was going to say dozens, hundreds, at least hundreds of people healed and that's a gift from God and it's wonderful when people are healed but I'm also very grateful to doctors and nurses and modern medicine and they are just as much a gift from God so when you get well through medicine or a visit to the physio it's a gift from God give thanks for, and he's the one who's brought the healing through them, just as much as if he brought it through uh, one of the gifts of the Spirit. But we're told here we do have to be very careful, because not everything comes from God, not every gift comes from God, not everything is from the Holy Spirit. Uh, The Spirit realm is very real, even though we can't see it, and we tend to ignore it in the West. And just as there are gifts that come from God, there are also gifts that come from our enemy, the devil. Counterfeits that distort what God has done. And Satan works through his evil forces, demons. Uh, Satan can't do anything on his own. He just counterfeits what God has done. And so in verse 3, we're given a simple test. No one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit it's a simple test does this raise up the name of Jesus does this glorify Jesus what is, what's going on there now another way of looking at this would be roots and fruit where does something originate and what is the result what does it bring about something that uh comes from God will result in good fruit, things like Jesus being honoured, Jesus being worshipped and the fruit of the spirit that we've heard are going to be looked at in the connection group, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Great fruit coming from the best source. But in the world that we live in, which is dark and broken, we live uh, amongst things that are not good. And I may well upset some people by doing this, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Uh, I don't like to pick on organisations, and I don't think I've ever done it from the front before. So I feel uncomfortable doing this, but um, I just want to use this as an illustration of the kind of things that we face. You may have seen uh, Extinction Rebellion getting a lot of publicity at the moment. And uh, what is the root of Extinction Rebellion? Uh, Gail Bradbrook, the co-founder, went to South America for a drug-induced psychedelic experience, which she talks about very freely. It's in quite a lot of the social media out there. And during this uh, time when she was high on drugs, a voice spoke to her and gave her directions. Now we recognize that in that context it is highly likely that it was a demon that spoke to her now occasionally you hear wonderful stories of people being high and having a revelation of jesus or seeking muhammad and finding jesus instead and you know god can break all the rules Uh, he's allowed to do that but i think we can conclude from that that the root is not good so what about the fruit uh, of the organization Upon returning from South America, she separated from her husband and split up her children. She then founded Extinction Rebellion, which, although on the surface is about climate change, has become a focal point for anarchy. The uh, protests that we all read about in London cost the police 7.5 million pounds, money that could have been used to stop child exploitation, sex trafficking, and so on. Although Extinction Rebellion claims to care for the environment they left an incredible mess on the streets of London that then had to be cleaned up. There was a, a group linked to them on the streets of Oxford last time we were doing healing on the street and the, what came off them was aggression and they were fear driven. A very different spirit to what Jesus gives us. This is not good fruit. So in the light of that, I would recommend that you think it through for yourselves. You know, you're adults, you make up your own decision, but um, my recommendation would be have nothing to do with Extinction Rebellion or any other group that's linked to it. There are other fantastic ways of dealing with climate change and we, we will get to look at that at some point because there are lots of people doing uh, wonderful things. I want to pray for that group. So, Father, pray for uh, Gail Bradbrook and the others uh, leading Extinction Rebellion, everyone's involved with it. Ask, Lord, that you pour out your love and your mercy upon them, that they would experience you, that they would find in you the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, we ask, Lord, that you would speak to them and that they would uh, find your agenda for what they're meant to be doing instead of following their. Uh, This one that is demonically inspired. So Lord, we just pray for your blessing upon them, that uh, you would pour out your spirit upon them today, in Jesus' name. Oh, and Lord, give us wisdom as well. Give wisdom to our leaders when it comes to climate change. But show us what we can do to make a difference too. There are other good gifts listed in the Bible. This isn't the only list of gifts. So, for example, Romans chapter 12, verse 6, it says there, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So, if God's given you the gift, uh, the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. What a lovely list list of gifts, isn't it? And here we see how there are lots of different kinds of gifts. Uh, In this particular list we've got prophecy mixed in with other kinds of gifts that we might consider to be more natural gifts. But as I said, they're all all gifts from God. Um, And you may consider that some of your gifts, such as encouraging or making money, are natural gifts and they're just a part of you. But they are still given by the Holy Spirit. And I think we should cherish them. We should develop them. It doesn't matter in you know, what category the list of gifts comes in. They are from God. They should be honoured, and we should develop them as much as we can. And that leads us to the fact that gifts are given for a purpose. So the second heading this morning is that gifts are forgiving. So look at what Paul says about the purpose of the gifts in verse seven: To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. We live in such a self-centred, consumerist society because you and I are fallen human beings and we're self-centred and we're consumerist. And so Paul makes the important point here that the gifts of the Spirit and the outpouring of God's power are not primarily about me. Just as worship is not primarily about me, Uh, or about how I'm feeling although that's involved in it but worship is about who God is and the fact that he's worthy to be worshipped so we worship him all the time because we are worshippers we will worship something and God is always worthy of our worship in a similar way the gifts of the spirit are not primarily about me yes they will benefit me but they're about who God is and what he wants to do to bless other people through me And Jesus said, you're more blessed when you give than when you receive. It's true there as well. The gifts are given so that we can serve others. They're not given as medals for long service. You know, you you don't get a certain number of gifts if you've been a Christian for a certain length of time and you get more, you know, if you've studied theology and then you get the really top gifts when you, you know, when you get your PhD in theology. The gifts of the Spirit are given... Uh, because God loves to give gifts and they are available the second you become a follower of Jesus and surrender your life to him the gifts are all there, they're all available when we start following Jesus our life is no longer about us we surrender our life to Jesus we surrender our agenda for our lives and we follow him And so the gifts of the Spirit are used in that context of serving other people, looking to make a difference. These are gifts that will change the world. When Jesus was uh, baptised in the Holy Spirit after his baptism, uh, and he was filled with power, he was then tempted by the devil out in the desert for 40 days and you can imagine he would have been pretty hungry by the end of it. We're just told about three temptations that he faced. It's highly likely that there were a lot more than that. We just uh, get the the last three at the end. And these temptations hit Jesus at a number of different levels. Uh, One of the primary ways was it was attacking his identity. But uh, one of the ways uh, that this attack came was to misuse the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit to use them selfishly in order to make life easier for himself you're hungry make some bread a bit easy thing for you to do and it uh, proves whether or not you're God and all that kind of thing proves whether or not God's with you, you just use it selfishly We see this again when we uh, we will come to chapter 14. For example, in chapter 14, verse 4, it says, A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. What an incredible thing to be able to do to strengthen the entire church, to be able to build people up in their faith, to encourage them. And so Paul says that the gift of prophecy is the greatest gift because it has the greatest ability to build people up in contrast the gift of tongues is the least of the gifts because it's more to do with building ourselves up people have described it as being like a a spiritual battery charger it helps us to pray very often I don't know what to pray about you know you wake in the middle of the night or even during the day not that I wake up but but, um, you know somebody comes to mind and you think well how can I pray for them God bless so and so well you know let's pray with a bit more insight than that we pray in tongues we pray in the Holy Spirit and uh, we know that our spirit is connecting with the Holy Spirit and uh, we're, we're praying something important for them but even so Paul says he prays in tongues more speaks in tongues more than anyone else and so he says that just to get the balance back again this is the gift of tongues is an amazing gift that we should ask God for and seek him for. But the gifts are forgiving. So the third heading is enjoy the variety of God's gifts. When we see a list in the Bible it's not intended to limit the possibilities of what God can do. It doesn't say, this is what God does and that's all. Uh, We're not putting God in a box. Lists are descriptive and not exhaustive so whenever you see a list in the Bible it's descriptive whether it's the gifts of you know, what some people call the five fold ministry you know, evangelists, prophets, pastors and all that it's just a description it doesn't include all the gifts of leadership in there it doesn't mention worship leading doesn't mention uh, working with kids or youth or you know there's so much more than that list it's just saying these are the kinds of things that you can expect to see God do these are the kinds of uh, leadership gifts that you can expect to see rise up in the church and when uh, Paul is talking here about the gifts of the spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 he's not saying that these are the only gifts he's saying these are just the kinds of things that we should expect to bubble up when the church is healthy and strong So in verse 8 it says, To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. I don't think necessarily those are meant to be two distinctly gifts, different gifts, but are just a description of what we see God doing. So on one occasion it may appear more like wisdom, on another occasion it may appear more like knowledge. Just expect to see God at work and good things will happen. In the rest of the passage we see that too. What's the difference between a miracle and a healing? Well, a healing is probably a form of a miracle, but miracles can include things other than healings. God did a series of miracles to enable us to buy the house that we've lived in for the last 23 years. We had half the money to buy the house and it was already under offer to somebody else. It was the 18th offer that had been accepted. And uh, as the estate agent said to me when the deal fell through, there is no earthly reason why this deal would fall through. Little did he know how prophetically he was speaking or the truth of what he'd said. And miraculously, the money came in as well as God provided. We do see some sort of distinction between miracles and healing in the life of Jesus, but it seems to be just that miracles are have a greater power to them so for example in Mark chapter 6 verse 5 it says there because of their unbelief Jesus couldn't do any miracles among them except place his hands on a few sick people and heal them and he was amazed at their unbelief You know, so just a a few healings that's all you got that week at that meeting uh, instead of all the miracles that God wanted to do what's the difference between a prophecy and a word of knowledge Well, a word of knowledge, in our experience, is usually a short prophecy that has to do with a particular ministry situation or something like that. Uh, Both are a revelation from the heart of God, but often these gifts overlap and it's difficult to see where does one end and the other start. A couple of us were praying for a girl who had curvature of her lower spine and was in constant discomfort. And we were doing the healing on the streets training and so she sat in the chair and uh, Robin, who was with me, kneeled in front of her and did uh, what we always do when we pray for people on the streets. He looked her in the eye and he told her how much Jesus loves her and how special she is to God and as he did that the pain went completely you know, that's so unfair of God we hadn't even started praying we were just telling her about how much she was loved and she got healed but the pain went, but the curvature of the spine was still there so we started to pray for her and we prayed for her several times and nothing happened now that is abnormal when you pray for people the normal thing is that the person gets healed at least that's what the Bible says and I'm taking that as my textbook for life And uh, so we prayed, and I felt that it was that uh, the healing was being blocked because of uh, a spiritual attack against her because she was a church leader's daughter. Satan loves to hit us where we're weakest, he often hits our children, our things. And as I just said, in Jesus' name, I break the power of this spiritual attack against you immediately her spine straightened she got up she walked round and it was absolutely fine so in that situation we see uh, a word of knowledge because she came forward for prayer because we had a word of knowledge that God wanted to heal someone's back we saw uh, the gift of love we saw another word of knowledge combined with a word of wisdom and that led to the gift of healing and the whole thing was sort sort of poured in together in a lovely way and it's wonderful when God moves among us. And that's why, as we'll see in chapter 12, we're told to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire them. I don't know what how well you'd score yourself on a zero to ten on eagerly desiring spiritual gifts, but uh, maybe that's something we need to work on a bit together. So don't worry about whether the gift is of one sort or another. Just be open to the Holy Spirit bringing His kingdom, His power and His presence, His rule and His reign through you and around you. The meeting place is the training place for the marketplace. And this is the place where we learn to use the gifts of the Spirit so that we then have confidence when we go out of the church building. And sometimes we do more formal settings, things like healing on the street where you can learn to uh, just, you know, take a, another step up in terms of discomfort and find the, uh, the benefit uh, the, of moving beyond our comfort zone. And uh, those formal settings help us to be able to grow in our gifts and uh, in different contexts. But God's plan is that these gifts of the Spirit are not primarily going to be used in the church, but are going to be used out on the street, at work, in the gym, in the coffee shop in the queue for the bus or wherever wherever we find ourselves that's where the gifts of the spirit are designed to be used they're not primarily designed for us to use in, in a church meeting and the world is longing to see the reality of who God is and the reason that people go off and have drug induced psychedelic experiences is because they haven't seen how wonderful Jesus is And so we need to be able to get out there with the amazing news of just how incredible Jesus is and what it means to have relationship with him. And uh, one of the primary ways that God is revealed is through the gifts of the Spirit. I don't know whether you agree with that or whether that sounds strange to you, but I think the Bible says that one of the primary ways that God is revealed to people far from him is through gifts of the Spirit. Jesus was having a discussion with the religious leaders about why they didn't believe him. Uh, And we're told in John 10, verse 25, Jesus answered them, I did tell you, but you don't believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. And then a little bit later in verse 38, Even though you don't believe me, believe the works, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Jesus is saying there, you don't believe what I'm saying, you don't believe the scripture I'm quoting, you don't believe the testimony, but believe because you've seen healings, you've seen people raised from the dead, you've seen food multiplied, you've seen God at work. And when John the Baptist doubted whether Jesus really was the Messiah because it didn't look like the person he expected, and he found himself in prison and he was feeling he was on a bit of a downer, Jesus said to him, go back and report what you see the blind see the sick are healed that's what the church should be known for some people believe because of what they see other people will believe because of what they hear but as I said last time we need to do the words and the works of Jesus not one or the other and this is so much more than being nice to people but that's a good place to start isn't it Uh, to be the good news as well as telling them the good news it sometimes puzzles me when we pray for people on the street and they are dramatically healed and uh, for example a man who was completely deaf in his right ear uh, was then able to hear Uh, he could hear the buskers down the street he thought they were very loud he couldn't hear them when he sat down to be prayed for but he only wanted the healing he didn't want the healer but really that shouldn't surprise us, even though it does surprise me every time. Uh, you know, when Billy Graham first came to the UK in the 1950s, he said that uh, the average person needed two or three significant encounters with the good news before they were ready to respond to Jesus. But culture has changed so much that we're now talking at least 15 to 20 positive encounters with the good news before people are ready to respond to Jesus and so that healing dramatic as it was may only count as one step in the right direction so let's get out there let's help people to be touched by the wonderful gifts of God so the power of darkness is broken in people's lives there are many different ways to do this but the gifts of the spirit listed here for us in chapter 12 are a vital part of our toolbox and I believe that we all need to become expert at using them One question some of you may have is, can we all use all the gifts or are we just given a gift or a couple of gifts to use? Uh, In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, verse 11 it says, All these are work of the one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one as he determines. So does that mean you just get a couple of them and then that's your, your gift? So you may have the gift of healing for the rest of your life but not the gift of prophecy? or vice versa, I know some churches have taught that um, we'll talk about that again next time when we meet but just to give you the punchline of next week's talk uh, all the gifts are available to all of us all the time, anywhere so you don't need to wait for someone who has the gift of healing to come along in order for, to see someone healed, uh, but we'll talk about that more in uh, a bit more detail another time So the gifts of the Spirit listed in this passage for us are not an exhaustive list of what God God does, but illustrate what God loves to do through us, his people. Blessing us and blessing other people in the process as well. There are other lists of gifts that you'll find there in the Bible, some of which we appear very ordinary and natural, Um, there are some interesting ones, there's Nimrod listed in the Old Testament who was gifted by God as a hunter and he was so good at it that uh, it became a byword that you know you hunt like Nimrod in with the strength of the Lord God also gifted him to build and rule over cities then you have Bezalel who was gifted in um, the decorative arts and woodwork and gold work and silver work and all those kinds of things clearly given as gifts from God. So some of them appear natural but they're They're all good, they're they're from him. And I believe we need to grow in the gifts that God gives us, uh, whether, uh, whether they're natural or appear supernatural. These are gifts to serve other people, whether they're natural or supernatural. We meet here, we meet in connection groups, we learn to be proficient in learning to use the gifts of the Spirit and so as you sign up for a connection group this term go to your group with the expectation that at the end of the meeting at least possibly at other times as well that you will be praying and receiving and that you will be learning to use the gifts of the Spirit that you'll be learning to listen to God for uh, revelation whether that's prophecy uh, words of knowledge, words of wisdom distinguishing of spirits or whatever it may be but you learn in a safe context like that, where if you get it wrong it really doesn't matter in fact i found that when I pray for non-Christians and I get it wrong it phases them less than it phases Christians um, which is an interesting one but these are gifts to change the world. Gifts to grant people's attention long enough to be able to tell them of uh, just how wonderful God is, of his love and his desire to bless them and change their lives. And We know that these gifts are good. They come from the Holy Spirit, who is God, and they bring about good fruit in people's lives. If you've never been baptised in the Holy Spirit... Uh, which means to be overwhelmed by God's presence and his power, uh, to be filled to overflowing, then I would love to pray for you because it's the most incredible thing that uh, you can experience and it releases so much of who God is to you. Um, Love to pray for you today. This week we're going to pray and fast to seek God together for his blessing to be released on our church and on our area. You hopefully received an email and it's also all the materials there on Facebook as well. Uh, So whichever your preferred communication method is, hopefully it got through to you somehow. Uh, We're praying for our work colleagues, our family, our friends, our neighbours. Because the best thing that could happen to them is that they come to know Jesus personally. Uh, so I'd encourage you find some way of joining in this week. Come, come and join us on Thursday evening um, and let's spend the evening going deeper with God. Let's stand together, shall we?